This is Sydney's Nova. Prime Minister yesterday started his press conference with Life is Changing in Australia. This is a once in a 100 year type event. It's getting quite serious now. We will not go into a nationwide lockdown just yet, but uh, he updated it yesterday and we're lucky enough to have him on the show this morning. Prime Minister Scott Morrison, welcome. Good, good morning, boys. How are you? Um, going, we're very, very good. Actually, just on that, Prime Minister, we have to say that all our results are in and we've come back negative. Oh, well, I'm pleased to hear that. And, uh, and thanks for observing the, the uh, self-isolation as well. It's a, it's a great example to everyone. I know it can be inconvenient, but at the end of the day, if uh, all of us who are normally most more healthy, eight out of mm-hmm. ten of us, we're going to, if we were to get it, uh, it'd be a very mild illness. But uh, when we all do the right thing, and that's protecting the more vulnerable in our community, um, particularly older people, but also, you know, people undergoing things like chemo treatment or immunosuppressed, all those sorts of things, we do the right thing. We're looking after others. Scamo. So any breaking news or announcements overnight? We saw the death toll in Italy has skyrocketed, which is concerning, which will shake a few people here. But are there any developments overnight? Uh, not, not, not overnight. Um, I mean, other than, you know, each day we're seeing more and more cases. And yesterday in Australia, um, we saw more cases. We saw another another death, and that's terribly upsetting. Um, but uh, at the same time, um, we, we expect to see the number of cases rise as it moves through the community. And, and what we're seeking to do here, as I've been explaining now for some time, is you, you can't stop the virus but what you can do is seek to, to manage uh, the pace of its spread. And when we do that, it means that uh, more people who are vulnerable are, are less at risk. It also means that our health system is able to cope uh, with uh, the, the move of the virus or throughout the community. And that's why we're putting in place sensible measures like the, the ban on gatherings outside of more than 500 and inside of uh, more than 100. Well, on uh, Friday this week, we'll have a bit more to say about what's happening for those gatherings under, five, under 100, I should say. They're yep. doing a lot more work on this, listening to the medical experts who are continuing to work very hard. The other area we're doing a lot of work um, is particularly on, on the economic impacts. Um, the Treasurer and I will have a bit more to say about that later in the week. We're yep. doing an enormous amount of work on how we can do more to cushion the blow for people who are cuts. already yep. getting... Prime Minister, are we yep. are we doing enough though to help our elderly um, in particular? Because I mean, I know we've had to bring police in in some areas to help with the sort of supermarket oh, yeah. chaos, but can we be doing more? Because it does feel like that you know that that they're so at risk, and I feel like we're not doing enough. Well, we're doing quite a bit, actually. We're surging uh, resources and support to support aged care facilities. Uh, yesterday, I announced uh, the limitations on people who can visit aged care facilities. That's where the biggest risk is. Uh, when you get lots of people moving through these facilities, uh, children under 16 should not visit those facilities at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people should only have one visit a day of a maximum of two people. But we are going to be very sensitive in those end-of-life cases, and and uh, and we've given discretion to the, uh, the those who run those aged care facilities to put practical and, and safe practices in place uh, for people who want to visit their elderly relatives in those circumstances. Uh, but uh, the other thing we did yesterday is uh, I signed off on waiving the uh, uh, work limit on uh, student nurses in Australia, uh, those who have studied from overseas, around 20,000 of them here in yeah, Australia. Right, yeah. And uh, that means uh, aged care facilities, hospital systems and others uh, will be able to uh, have them helping them in those facilities. But you know the one thing people can do for the elderly? I've heard some wonderful stories. 
people just talking to their neighbours who they know might be elderly and they just send them a message, can I get you anything? Um, sure. Just letting them know they're here. Yep. I heard a wonderful story about a, a post-it note in a lift in an apartment building. Uh, this is my number. Um, if, you, if you can't get out or you need any help, just call this number and I'll, I'll go and yeah, sort something right. out for you. Australians mm. are doing amazing things. Good on them. Keep doing it. We're not hearing enough of those stories. Yeah. Is it okay. inevitable... Prime Minister, that and we look at we're talking about the NRL at the moment. The AFL is going to go ahead tonight. Mm. Um, we talk about school closures as well. Is it inevitable that it will they will close at some stage? Do you think like with the rising rate of people getting coronavirus, we had another death yesterday. Mm. Do you think? And I know you're doing the right thing at the moment. We can't mm. close off schools just yet, but do you think you can see that coming in this foreseeable future? Well, anything is anything is possible at the moment because I mean this is unprecedented and the, what you do is you have the best possible information and you make your judgments based on that which is what we're doing and right now that is absolutely the case the, there is no health reason for us to do that uh, that's the advice that we have uh, and there are a range of reasons for that I mean children um, are mm-hmm. the, the evidence is, shows are, are less um, susceptible yeah. to this in term, particularly in terms of uh, uh, the, the type of illness they, they have um, than other parts of the community and, and secondly obviously the impact on the health workforce it would wipe out 30% of our health workforce if schools were to close and the other point i'd make is this whatever we do we have to be able to do it for the next six months at least so that you know you can't just sort of go okay you you boys are in lockdown for two weeks and that's what you're you're doing but if i told you you had to be in lockdown for the next six months i think your your view about that would be quite different and there's no one Mm -hmm. suggesting that that's going to happen but my Mm. my point is this there are some things People, there are, I think there's a view out there that, oh, we just shut everything down for two weeks or four weeks and the virus moves away. No, that's not how it works. If we were position, in a position where the health advice said that we had to close schools, well, then schools would be shut and uh, 2020 as a school year for a child's education would be gone. But do, and do, so do, there do, are very serious ramifications just... for the decisions and that's why we're taking them carefully. But has, is that what's happened in China, though? Have they completely shut down there uh, for a certain amount of time and now they've come through to the other Re-open. side and, and they're seeing a lot well, more there's, positive there's, results? Well, first of all, um, Singapore, um, which has you know, been performing very well, it's a different country, it's smaller, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a city-state, but they haven't shut their schools. Yes. Um, and they have been a lead um, jurisdiction in, in all of this, a lead country in all of this. The, the, what the chief medical officer says is if you shut everything down for a couple of weeks... Then when you open it up again, well, it just takes off again. Yep. It just takes off. Uh, so all you've done is just stop things for two weeks, caused an enormous amount of disruption, and not actually remove the risk to the rest of the community. So that's why. And so that's the great risk of the complete lockdown approach. Um, if if what we're doing is we're doing sensible things to slow this down, and that's why one and a half metres from each other, using hand sanitizer, not shaking hands, um, doing all of those practical things. I mean, we're practising them in the meetings I'm in. We're doing it by video conferencing, and when people have meetings in my office, they're, they're a metre, a metre, half apart from me. And yep. All these things we're doing are just sensible things which slow it all down. That's why, you know, there the can't be crowds at the footy. And if you're having a wedding, well, it's got to be at least less than 100 people, sadly. And this is what, why life is changing at the moment. But if we make those sensible changes and we make changes that we can keep doing for the next six months at least, then we get through it and we minimise the disruption to the economy and people's jobs. There will certainly be big impacts on our economy. But uh, where we can, we want to try and limit those.
Prime Minister, the Level 4 travel ban. At any stage, and I understand the ins and the outs for international um, travellers and people coming back into the country, nationals, but is there has there been any conversation about closing the borders? Well, State they effectively borders? are. I mean, that's what's now happened. Anyone who comes back has to self-isolate. No, that no. means visitors don't come. That's, I mean they from just New South coming. Wales to Victoria. Oh, to, you mean internally? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Um, what we are doing, though, um, is... I mean, the medical advice is people getting on planes, there's a very, very, very low rate of, of any sort of transmission that is occurring on aircraft. It has to do with yep. their ventilation systems and things like right. that, I'm told. Yes. The issue is not someone getting on a plane, it's them getting on a plane somewhere and then getting off in another place and yep. where they are then. And what we're doing at the moment this week is we're seeking to identify sensitive areas of the country. Now, they include particularly areas where there's a lot of engagement within remote Indigenous communities yep. um, and where there might be greater concentrations of people or elderly and things like that. Um, we're looking to identify those more sensitive areas. So the view would be not to go into those places mm -hmm. and limit interaction there, not unlike in the same way we're saying don't go and visit an aged care facility. Mm -hmm. um, there are parts of our geography where we may have to put those restrictions in place, and that is already occurring in parts like the Northern Territory. Because the, yeah, the scary thing is, too, was the idea that someone will come in internationally and they might be going from, say, L.A. to Melbourne, but the plane will come past Sydney and then passengers, you know, domestic passengers from Sydney going to, to, to Melbourne will be on the same plane as that international guest that will be quarantined when they get to Melbourne, but they're exposed to the other people on the plane that are just doing that domestic flight. Yeah, well, the advice is the, uh, that on the plane, that is actually a lower risk than actually in what, what, you know, being in a room um, because of ventilation systems and things like that. The, the, we haven't seen to date any greater evidence of uh, transmission on, on flights specifically. Okay. Okay. Um, but um, it is about where people go and, uh, and where they go if they're going into an area that is quite sensitive and where there would be more vulnerable people, then that is what we're working on at the moment. See, the National Cabinet, we've never had one of these ever in Australia's history. Um, we are meeting like a normal cabinet does at a federal level or a state level. The premiers, chief ministers and I uh, are working through issues several times a week now. Our next meeting's on Friday morning. And uh, that means that what is happening across the states is, is consistent. And the state premiers working with myself are working very hard to make sure we keep it as clear and consistent as possible uh, so we don't have, you know, eight different rules running around the country. And I, I really appreciate the, the support they're giving me in that. Um, just before you go, Prime Minister, we are in isolation. Um, our kids are here as well. Uh, is there any backyard games or anything that, that was at the Morrison House growing up that you can yeah. advise us to do because our kids are doing our heads in and we just need some advice on a game or something? We, we played handball. Um, I've got the Atari out for the kids, yeah. but um, what else? Go old school. Go Monopoly, mate. Oh, Monopoly. Monopoly yes. Go old school Monopoly. with board games. Take yeah. them back. Bit yeah. of Kaplunk. Okay. Okay. Right. Plunk. All right. <laughs> Hugs <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. The game of life. It's important at the moment, I suppose, as well. Oh, um, thank mate, we know how busy stuff. you are. This is, like you said, I mean, uh, we've never, ever witnessed anything like this in our history. Um, that is for sure. And we know how hard it's going to be to keep this contained, Prime Minister. So we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. No worries. Well, let's all hang together, eh? We hang together. We'll be good. No worries. Thanks, Scott. This is Sydney's Bitsy and Whipper. No 